This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yeah, that's what New York City sounds like on a Friday night. It is Ty Butler. We're going until midnight tonight. The fine line with Joe is at that time from 12 to 1 Sports Center all night. But until then, it is you and I. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Ty D. Butler. Love the Jada Kiss underneath. And you can, of course, join the conversation via the telephone at 1-800-919-3776, 800-919-3776. As we take a look at the baseball uh, right here at the top, the Yankees trailing the Mariners one nothing in the bottom of the eighth inning. That game in the Bronx, this would be a tough loss. Once this goes final, we will get into that. The Mets, for the last 90 days, 9-0 have held sole possession of first place in the National League East. That in danger of coming to an end tonight. They trail right now in Philadelphia 2-1, to three outs away from what would be a devastating loss when you consider uh, the, the collapse that we, we've seen unfold for the New York Mets. So we'll get into that, of course. Uh, once again, you can, you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, Ty D. Butler, and the telephone at 1-800-919-3776. I do want to start, though, before we get into the baseball games, uh, once those go final, uh, with some news from today in the NBA land. The, the Nets, what a good day it was for them. Kevin Durant signing a four-year extension worth nearly $200 million. That's going to tie him to this team uh, for the next couple of seasons. And, and this is huge because we did hear some flirting with, not coming from Durant, but there was conversation about, you know, what if he leaves? The big three can break up. It was a failed season. But part one of the three was to ink Durant to a long-term extension. They did just that. You've got Kyrie Irving and James Harden also eligible for lucrative extensions. So we'll have to see what happens there. But you would imagine both those guys will also follow suit and return as this team enters next season. I would gather as the favorites to win the title. The only reason why they didn't win it this year was because of the injuries. But again, Kevin Durant signing that extension, that is great news for the Nets. I mean, what a fantastic year he had. Coming off of what was a catastrophic injury in that game five of the NBA Finals. And this is that torn Achilles. That's the type of injury where it's the players would say it's one of the toughest to come back from. That player that you actually do come back from. Like an injury that you're able to return from. This might be at the top of the list as far as it being the toughest. And he had a superb season. So Kevin Durant gets that extension. Uh, with the Knicks this week, though, I, I got to say, I'm impressed. Uh, quick check on the Yankees real quick. Brett Gardner, leadoff walk to start the eighth inning. So the Yankees have something brewing here with DJ LeMay, who at the plate. I will keep you posted on that. The Knicks, I mean, day one of free agency wasn't great, uh, for me at least, because I understand that if you're a Knicks fan, you see that they're re-signing their players with Rose and Noel and Burks. That garners some excitement, and then you you get Evan Fournier uh, on a four year deal worth about twenty million a year, and he's a clear upgrade over Reggie Bullock, and that adds some scoring and playmaking to your team. So yeah, there is reason to be excited. But then you look at the questions as far as what the what the ceiling would be next season for this team, because this year. Yeah, it's fun, right? Like you get the first round playoff series at home uh, against Atlanta. You lose. It's disappointing, but you're excited because it's the first time in what, five years? No, it's the first time in seven years that you had made the playoffs. You actually won a playoff game, and now you feel like you're actually moving towards something. Like there is a, a taste of success on the horizon. So for me, it was just... I, I didn't think they did enough early to not just take a step forward, but to really legitimately head into next season with realistic expectations of actually making progress. But then the next day we learned Kimball Walker, he gets bought out from the Oklahoma City Thunder. In come the Knicks. He's now their starting point guard. Wow, that is a clear upgrade because the conversation for years has been what about the Knicks? They desperately need to insert someone at that position. Because if 
you're out there with Derrick Rose, who was, you know, fantastic last year, was a great story. He's not a starting point guard that's going to give you heavy minutes. We saw in the playoffs he wore down in that Hawks series. And that's not a knock on Rose. Again, that, that is, it's a great story. One, it's a player that everyone is rooting for, to see him go from winning that MVP in 2011, having the Bulls as perennial contenders, and then the slew of injuries. We thought he would never, never see this level again. We, we knew he would never get back to that MVP level, Derrick Rose, but could he be a legitimate basketball player, a rotational player, and he showed that last year. But he wore down in that series against the Hawks, and yes, you do bring him back, and you hope that he can play the same or you know give you much of that production again next year, but adding Kimba Walker takes a lot of the load off of him. So I'm a, a big fan of the low-risk, potential, high-reward deal that is bringing Kimba Walker to this Knicks franchise, you get a guy who, in theory, could become your best player, and now he takes the load off, uh, also off of the low, uh, off the shoulders of Julius Randle, who doesn't have to really facilitate the offense uh, for the entirety of the time that he's on the floor. So the question marks for, for Kimba is, or, or I would say, missing 45 games the last two seasons, that's a concern. You also had a team in, in Boston that legitimately felt it could contend for a title. You add Kimball Walker, who's supposed to be the missing piece, and they don't get better. In fact, after two seasons, he's gone. DJ LeMay, who walks for the Yankees, they now have first and second, nobody out against Castillo. Uh, so uh, something cooking here in the Bronx, potentially something cooking as the Yankees look to go for their second straight win against the Mariners and look who's coming to the play Anthony Rizzo a guy who has been sensational so far he's got a ton of big hits already in just a week with the team but back to the Knicks again I'll keep you posted on that and we'll go full throttle into the Yankee and Met conversation baseball wise once those final scores uh, come in here uh, so with the with the Knicks Adding Kimba Walker, there's legitimate concern. The Celtics, you thought you could win a championship. You add this guy who's a perennial all-star. You don't get better. You trade him away. Like You decided you, you would be best off getting rid of him. So any, any player that finds himself in that situation, yeah, it's a little bit of a question mark. But for the Knicks, I like it. It's a solid week. You, you add Kimba Walker, and not to mention what the news that came after, which was Julius Randle getting that four-year extension worth $117 million, which to me is a steal because Bobby Marks broke it down. If he would have entered unrestricted free agency, he could have gotten a max contract with the Knicks worth $200 million. So you're saving r roughly $80 million, and I don't think he's worth all of that. So to get Randall at that price, to, to add Kimball Walker – at a position of desperate need to bring back most of your core from last season, a team that was the four seed, got to the playoffs, had a home playoff series. Tibbs was the coach of the year. Randall was the most improved player. Derrick Rose got some attention as the sixth man. To have all of that you know, at your disposal, you have to feel great. Anthony Rizzo hit by pitch, bases loaded, nobody out for the New York Yankees in the bottom of the eighth inning. A lot's happening tonight. So, with the Knicks, I mean, the question does become, you, you did get better, but what's your ceiling next year? Because then I look at the Eastern Conference and I say, all right, the Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers, the Heat, knocking on the door, the Bulls, those are your top four seeds. In order to win a playoff series, you've got to win against one of those teams. Are you beating any of them? And I just don't think so. And obviously, there's still some time to massage the roster, moves to be made. Not a ton of cap flexibility, but who knows what's going to happen trade-wise. And there could still be some, some transactions on the horizon. But just overall, I thought it was a solid week for the Knicks that did not start off well. Uh, the Nets had a great day once again, bringing Kevin Durant in and giving him that four-year extension. And now we, we just wait for the offseason and look ahead to next season. Aaron Judge at the plate with the bases loaded. Nobody out. 
this right here, a, a big opportunity for the Yankees, not just to take the lead, but to put this game away. The bullpen has been much better lately. This would be a huge win for a team that's been red hot since the trade deadline. Coming into tonight, 17-6 and are the New York Yankees since July 6th. The best record in baseball as Aaron Judge aligns a line drive to left field that was caught. It's a sack fly. So Gardner's going to tag up and score. The Yankees tie the game at 1-1. So we'll get to all of the Yankee talk. Uh, the ideal situation would be for us to break down a victory tonight. Because this would be a devastating loss. You you go bullpen, and they surrender just one run. You, you would think your offense can put some runs together. It's been hot lately uh, to, to make this one count. Uh, fans, I hate to do this. Do you want the good news first or the bad news? Let's start with the good news. So here's the good news. Jonathan VR uh, just hit a solo shot in the top of the ninth inning. Remember, last inning I said the Mets were trailing 2-1, to one, so Jonathan VR hits a solo shot. Here's the bad news. Preceding that, Edwin Diaz, I know you're going to find this shocking, gave up a two-run home run to Bryce Harper. And a spot where you can't have that happen. The Mets bring their closer in because they need this game. They need a shutdown inning to give your, your offense any chance of making some type of run here. Diaz gives up a two-run shot. So the home run actually stings. Because it should be a tie game. Your closer should be able to get you through that inning cleanly. And your offense comes up. And if you believe in, as Michael Kay would say, that the, the fallacy of the predetermined outcome, this is the tie, a tie game now here in the top of the ninth inning. But instead, the Phillies, 4-2. Three outs away are the Mets. From for the first time in 90 days, being in second place in that NL East Division. We started the show. We'll get to the baseball once this goes final. Uh, the Yankees, I, I mentioned uh, Judge was at the plate. Bases loaded, nobody out. So the, the, the one thing that you don't expect to happen in that situation is for the Yankees to only get one run across. So, of course, what exactly happens is the Yankees only get one run across. So it's the top of the ninth inning. Zach Britton's down on the mound in a 1-1 game. Yankees-Mariners. But you would feel like even the most pessimistic of Yankee fans would feel like you should be able to win this one. You're a better team. Your bullpen's a lot stronger. Your offense is better. So, look, maybe you'll get a, a nice walk-off victory sending you into the weekend. Let's go back to the phones, or we start with the phones, uh, with the leadoff hitter today, and that is George and Elizabeth, who wants to talk about the Knicks and their ceiling next season. Let me hear from you, brother. What's up? How you doing, man? It's how you feeling? I'm enjoying the show. Um, you, what I'm... What I, what I want to say is that, uh, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. I've been a Knicks fan since we drafted Patrick Young. I was a freshman in high school, and I've been through the ups and downs of the Knicks. Uh, I remember crying like a baby with the whole team that suspended against Miami, with the, you know, in the whole nine. I was proud of them last year. They did good. I'm expecting similar this year. You know, I want to make the first round. Not making the playoffs this year would be disappointing. Get to the first round. You know, we probably get knocked off by one of the four teams that you mentioned. You know, but we want to – stay viable to the free agents in 2022, if I'm not mistaken, that's when you got people who want to come to the Knicks, uh, uh, like uh, my man in New Orleans uh, wants to come to the Knicks, um, uh, you know, Zion and, and yeah. Zach Levine is available and other people like that. And I think that's what we, what the goal should be is to re remain a viable team, that the pieces look good, so all we have to do is plug in two pieces like everybody else does, and we're, and we're vying for, you know, uh, Eastern Conference Finals or something like that. Yeah, and look, that has to be – appreciate the call. So that has to be the thinking. I would, I would disagree with this idea that Levine all of a sudden is going to be available. You look at what the Bulls have done so far, adding Lonzo. They traded – multiple first-round picks for Vucevic. They're all in on trying to, to, to surround Levine with talent. Now, obviously, he can choose to go elsewhere, but that team's all in. I, I don't know that he's looking to go to go elsewhere. But as far as next season is concerned, yeah, right now you have to be – you're staring at a first-round playoff exit. And, and that's not me trying to be a hater or, you know, pouring, you know, fire on on this parade pouring water on this parade, I should say. It's just the reality of the situation. Bottom of the ninth inning upcoming. Joey Gallo is, I believe, going to lead off for the Yankees here. Remember, he had that big home run last night to give them the win uh, that you know sent the stadium into a frenzy. A big three-run shot in the, in the bottom of the seventh inning. So 
he'll lead off here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, so the Knicks, you, so I, I just look at it from the standpoint of you exercise patience for as long as you can, but then you start to look at when exactly are we going to contend? Now that last year was year one, so we can't rush this, and we have to because we have no other choice. Put our faith in Leon Rose and World Wide West and, and, and Tom Thibodeau and their ability to get the Knicks to the quote-unquote promised land. And I think that next season, when you have real expectations, if you do get bumped in the first round, which is right now I would, ex- I would expect, and it's way too premature to, to do you know, season projections uh, for next year right now, but if, if, if that were to happen, it's going to be a lot different feeling-wise than it was this year because this year was fun. It was unexpected. You were a lottery team. You were expected to be one of the worst teams. And how about this? On draft night, we're typically, like, if you're, if you're a Knicks fan, living in anxiety, wondering, you know, who's going to be available when your lottery pick number comes up. You were you a non-story on draft night, and that's exciting because it meant that you were actually a pretty good team last year. You're, you're not at the bottom of the barrel. You, you are trending upward. Which is why I, I said again, Kimball Walker, I, I love adding him to the group. He can never play a single minute for the Knicks. And it's, and it's not a, a terrible deal because you got him on, on a buyout situation. So it's a, a, an incredibly low risk, high reward. If he can be anything like the player he was in Charlotte, and now he's a perennial all-star at a position of need that we've been waiting for for, for a decade, then all of a sudden we have something cooking here because I was never a believer in Julius Randle being the best player on a, a team to be taken seriously. So if Kimball Walker can become that and the guys like R.J. Barrett can can show that growth and maturation and and there's a, a, a little bit of a three-headed monster there, then sure, there is a lot of reason to be optimistic. So Joey Gallo now for the Yankees uh, at the plate. That both of these, the, the Yankees and the Mets simultaneously, because the Mets now are one strike away from dropping this game. I mentioned the last 90 days to be in sole possession of first place. It was like a fait accompli. We thought it was over. You know, pencil this team in. And for the first time in 90 days, as Nimmo flies out to center field, the Mets are in second place in the NL East. And that's devastating. That that is devastating. I I don't take I, look. I, I I'm a Yankee fan, so part of me can take joy in trolling the Mets. But that 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 one's rough, and especially tomorrow morning, you know, eleven hours from now, ten and a half hours from now, I'll be hanging with Dave Rothenberg. He's gonna be in an awful mood because you watch this team go from what were they on June 26, a five game division lead. Now that's not insurmountable, but when you look at the state of that division in the NL East. How dreadful it is. The Nationals are sellers, you know, which is embarrassing, by the way. Two years removed from winning the World Series. You, you just completely sold all of, your, all of the pieces of your organization. That's embarrassing, well, with the exception of uh, Juan Soto. But uh, that's a story for another day. So, so the Nationals are sellers. The, the Miami Marlins are, are seller dwellers. You just lost three or four to them. The Braves lost their best player. The Phillies did improve, but that's still an incredibly flawed team. The Mets expected to run away with this division. It's Glaber Torres now on second base as the winning run. The Yankees in the bottom of the ninth inning, one out with Odor coming to the plate. For the Mets, it, it's it's rough. And losing DeGrom, like it's so funny when people say, well, you know, next man. There's no next man up when you lose superstars. And yes, you can criticize the Mets for not adding depth in their rotation at the trade deadline. Yeah, we can do that, of course. But no one was ever going to replace Jacob DeGrom. And anytime you lose a, a, a guy of that caliber, your team is going to get significantly worse. Now, should you be the 29th scoring offense in all of baseball when you're a team that employs, and I know he's hurt now, but Lindor, before he got hurt, they were still a bad offensive team. When you're a team that employs him, Alonzo, McNeil, Nemo, Conforto, should you be one of the worst offensive teams in the sport? No. You should not be. 
you take a hit for the DeGrom injury because it's your best player. And anytime you lose your best player, your team's going to get worse. But there's no excuse for that offense to be struggling the way it has. No excuse. Back to the phone lines. Evan in Manhattan. Talk to me, brother. What's going on? How you doing? You know, I love uh, the the uh, lineup that the Knicks are going to have next year. I think, uh, you know, they have some really good mature players. And I think Kimball Walker, man, he's just going to hook it up, man. He's a, you know, a Bronx point guard. He's going to be feeding everybody, them young beasts. They're going to be going to the hole. And uh, he can score also. I think it's going to look real good for New York. And they just keep building like they do. And um, it's a real New York team. Got a point guard from the Bronx. Mm, I love it. It's smart, man. He so ten hours before he signed, and appreciate the call, Evan. He obviously spent his evening watching the locks and dipset and that versus battle at the garden and decided I gotta go back to New York City. Gotta go back to New York City. And yeah, and, and if he's right, that that is a significant upgrade. If Kemba Walker's an all star, then your team looks a lot different than it did last year. And and that's without question. Andrew in New Jersey, what's going on, man? You wanna talk about Kemba? How that makes Hey, how are you? Uh I just don't understand the excitement behind the Kemba Walker signing. Uh, I feel like, you know, the Knicks should be more aggressive in signing, like, healthier players and more younger players that, you know, can take him to the next level. I, like cool. I know I like he's a cool. good player. He's an all-star. Okay. But, no, I, you know, I get it. it didn't but, work out with Boston. Andrew, I, so I understand and, and stay on because I, I want to talk through this with you. As Higashioka, first and second, had one out, just popped out in the end for the Yankees now, first and second, two out. Uh, so let's let's just walk through this real quick because I would agree that so it's not the most exciting free agency period for the Knicks. But who out there would you have rather have seen them sign than who was available? Because the only name we really discussed was Dame Lillard, and that was the assumption that he would ask for a trade and now the Knicks have the assets to be able to do that. So who's the name that, that was out there that the Knicks missed out on? I don't have a name, but with fifty million dollars in cap room, they could have figured something out. Yeah, and listen, uh, I appreciate the call, Andrew. Lonzo Ball was a name that, to me, I would have loved to see here in New York. He goes to Chicago. He gets paid. If there is any shot at you landing a Damian Lillard type player, you hear Stephen A. say that if he asks for a trade, he wants to go to New York. So if that is an opportunity that becomes available to you, then this conversation right now is, is rendered uh, moot. It's, it's pointless. I just think that a guy like Kimball Walker adds just some playmaking, some scoring, some experience to a team that last year desperately needed it. And they hit their ceiling. We, we can't just bring that same group back from last year and expect them to just, you know, make – all these strides when you look at how the Eastern Conference continues to improve because it's not just about how you construct your roster you look at the teams ahead of you and the Nets they're big three you're not beating them the Bucks just won the title the Sixers yeah if they trade Simmons I they're going to trade Simmons to get all-stars and at least one all-star you're not going to trade Simmons and get worse like, this isn't a, a, a rebuilding situation where they're trading Simmons for, for picks. So they're still going to be a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. Look at the Atlanta Hawks team that you lost to. They're clearly better. They just beat you in five games. The Heat just added Lowry to a team that already has, you know, two perennial all-stars and, and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. You've got Duncan Robinson and, and, and Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero. I think the Celtics will get better. The Pacers upgraded at their at their head coaching position, going to Carlisle. So it's a competitive Eastern Conference, and if you're the Knicks, you just got to put yourself in the position to be ready for when stars become available. Because I'm with you. I This, this is not a team that's going to win a championship. You do want to see more marquee names join the franchise. You're not winning with this roster, but you want to maintain the flexibility and just continue to improve. Because when the stars become available... You got the assets, you pull the trigger, and now all of a sudden, who knows, maybe you can be the Brooklyn Nets. Upset alert. Upset alert. Team USA. It's the first quarter. Just under four minutes. 
uh, going by in the game so far, they're trailing France five to two, and I say upset upset alert uh, facetiously. I, it was so cute for everyone to be concerned about them losing. They're they're gonna win the gold pretty easily, and then we'll all feel a little you know silly for for doubting them. It's not that the world is catching up to us in basketball. It's we're not sending our best players out there. LeBron, Steph, you know Harden, Kyrie. Like those Anthony Davis, those guys not playing obviously is going to to leave the team compromised. That's just, they should still be good enough to win. But when you look at the disparity in talent, if if all things are equal and all of our players are going out there, then it's not even close. Uh, but update on the Yankee game. So Brett Gardner had a chance to win it. Had first and second, two outs, three two pitch, swings at ball four. Pops it up, sends it to right field. We go to extras in the Bronx. Chad Green now on the mound for the Yankees. It's a 1-1 game. They are looking to win their second straight against Seattle. Uh, Back to the phone lines we go, though. David and Elizabeth wants to talk NBA free agency. What's going on, my man? What's going on, Doc? Yo, I got two things for you. But before I get into that, I want to big you up, man. I remember Uh calling Han, and you used to work with him. And I'm like, yo, he got to get his own show. Or when you work with Rothenberg on the weekend, like, it's big, man. And now you got your own joint. And I just want to big you up for that, man. I'm happy for you. Big up, big up, big up. Thank you, brother. Anytime, man. All right, first thing I want to jump into, free agency. NBA free agency. And I think it's, uh, I believe it's your team. And I'm happy that my man Melo signed in there. I think that they can get the goal this year. Oh, the, listen, and appreciate all the love. Appreciate the call, David. We could have done two hours on the Lakers, but bosses would not have been happy with that. But the Mets and the Yankees playing, got Knicks, free agency, Kevin Durant signed. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what the Lakers did so far in free agency. I'm happy with the, what the Knicks did this week as well with Kemba, Julius Randle, getting him on what I thought was a steal. He could have signed for uh, a max contract worth $200 million. You got him at four for 117 and there's a case to be made that, look, it, what happened in the playoffs against the Hawks kind of worked in your favor because it showed you, you know, him shooting 30%, being completely erased by Clint Capella in that Hawks defense. He can't be the best player on a team that we're taking seriously. So let's not overpay him. And now he gets this extension where you're now having some financial flexibility moving forward. So I thought that was. Um, uh, a, a nice cap off to what was a good week for the Knicks. Uh, in baseball, the Mets, for the first time in 90 days, no longer on top of the NL East as they lose to the Phillies 4-2. to It's a frustrating one in many aspects. You get a 2-1 game going into the bottom of the eighth inning. So you bring your closer, Edwin Diaz, in because you want to hold it right there. That's what teams do on the road. We've got to have this one. So that's a great job by Luis Rojas. Unfortunately, it doesn't work out because Edwin Diaz surrenders a two-run shot to Bryce Harper, makes it 4-1. to one. So to add you know, insult to injury, Jonathan Villar hits a, a solo shot. So it should have been 2-2. If your closer does the job, it's 2-2. Uh, but unfortunately, he didn't, and the Mets lose that game 4-2. They are now in second place in the in NL East. It's, it's completely falling apart for the Mets. And when you factor in... Uh, the division itself with the Miami Marlins barely being a baseball team. The Nationals just sold everyone. The Phillies are flawed. The Braves just lost their best player. That's your division for the taking as the the Mariners just took a 2-1 lead off of Chad Green. So it could be be a a night of losses for both of our New York local baseball teams. But for that division... I get the injuries play a factor with Lindor being out. That's your best offensive player. You've got Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in baseball. He's out until at least September. You don't get better with those guys off your team. There's a drop-off. But you still have enough to beat the Marlins. You you can't go to Miami and lose three or four to the Marlins. On June 26, not insurmountable, but a five-game division lead. Uh, against these, I mean, rollovers, you got to find a way to stay on top and to tread water until you get your reinforcements back. There is no reason whatsoever the Mets should be 29th among 30 baseball teams in offense. That should not happen. 
That cannot happen. Again, the Lindor injury, significant. You paid him a lot of money to come over here and be a difference maker, and when he was healthy, he was a disappointment. Now, we can't write him off. It's just year one. But 29th, only the Pirates have scored fewer runs in all of baseball than the Mets. The pitching had been fantastic, but we've seen some regressions. Stroman hasn't been as good. Taiwan Walker has fallen off a cliff. And the DeGrom injury made matters much, much worse. You thought you had a lot of depth, but then at the trade deadline, when you saw you needed more arms, you didn't add to that. You get Javi Baez, so that in theory should help your offense. He had five strikeouts last night. It's, it's a terrible situation for the Mets to be in. If, if you're a fan, it's devastating because it's a movie you've seen before. We've seen this team, not this iteration of the team, but Met teams in the past experience far more significant collapses. So if you're a Met fan today, you're probably just like, you know, this, this is what we do. This is what we go through. Rob in Massachusetts wants to talk Yankees who are now trailing 2-1 to one in the top of the ninth inning. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's going on? How are you? What's good, man? I'm doing well. well I wanted, I, thanks, thanks for taking the call. You know, I wanted to talk specifically about a couple of things in this game. First of all, the demotion of Greg Allen to the Myers to protect Brent Gardner and Davis. I mean, is Brian Cashman, is he drinking or smoking something different well, than I so, am? So, Rob, that was a question many had, but I listened to the K-Show earlier, and he broke it down, or maybe it happened during the game. He broke it down where um, they were out of options for both players. So this was a move they had to make. Like this wasn't a why matter of get rid of a guy with speed as a switch hitting center fielder. To play right yeah, but be, why would you do that? But why being out of options, you you run the risk of losing one of the players. So this was the move that they care. had to make. I don't make. care about Brett Gardner, and I don't care about David. They both stink. Brett Gardner, I mean, how many pop-ups can you make? Who are the guys hitting 197? Why am I protecting a guy who's hitting 197 as opposed well, to a guy gonna, who's It's not that you're protecting Gardner, and I appreciate the passion, uh, Rob. I appreciate the call. But as, as I laid out, with how the collective bargaining agreement is set up, as far as, you know, being out of options. The Yankees were running a risk of losing one of those two players. So that's the decision they had to make. It just was the smart move to make in the short term. Um, so this wasn't a matter of, you know, we've got to get Brett Gardner's bat in the lineup. This was just because of how everything is situated. Uh, that's the direction you had to go in. Yankees trailing 2-1 to Seattle on the top of the 10th inning. Uh, two outs, so they'll have to mount another rally. Chad Green gives it up, uh, as the the old skipper would say, not what you want. In the Olympic action, Team USA trailing 14-10 to 10 to France. I think they were going to get a gold medal. They're 13-point favorites tonight. Kevin Durant, um, the best player on this team. He's He's been fantastic as of late as he just hits a jumper to pull them to within two. So I think Team USA is going to get the gold medal tonight. We're hoping the Yankees could get the win. We're still breaking down what happened to the Mets and how they've surrendered that division lead. Uh, NBA free agency is on the table with the Knicks. What they did this week, Julius Randle to an extension, brought back a lot of their players, a lot of their Orleans Noel, Alec Burks, uh, Todd Gibson, Derek Rose. The Nets signed Kevin Durant to an extension, Kyrie Irving and James Harden up next for them to solidify that big three as they pursue winning a championship this year marred by injuries. Get up the phone lines at 800-919-3776, Checking in on Team USA. It is the second quarter, about 90 seconds remaining in the first half. They are up by 10. Durant just carrying this team. He's got about 20 points here in the first half. You know who stunk it up. Uh, he's taking a lot of heat right now. Damian Lillard. And it's funny. We, we talk all about how you know the Knicks need him. He's the perfect fit. And not that this is an indictment on Damian Lillard. You know, he's, he's a great player. But it's just jarring to see how, how badly he's performed here in the Olympics. He, he, is, he has been awful. Speaking of performing badly. Brian, so what was it that you said last break about Abreu? Let me hear again, in case people missed it. What was it? I really thought they were going to lose it. Because oh, every time thought... I see Abreu pitch in the game, I'm like, oh, they're just going to lose it. But I was wrong. 
Or maybe Uh-oh. the Mariners were spooked. I, I, <laughs> I, I think the Mariners were spooked because, like, usually they get a base hit or a home run off of Brea, but they didn't. And I'm just poking fun at Brian because I, I, you know, internally felt the same way. You know, the Yankees blowing opportunity after opportunity, putting guys on chances to win the game with their big hitters up. I mean, you had Gardner blowing opportunity. You had Gallo blowing opportunity where he struck out. So it just felt like we were trending toward one of those frustrating losses where you get a solid outing in a bullpen game, which, by the way, I, I hate the bullpen games. I mean, it's it's so boring. You know, substitutions just mess up the flow of, of a game in any sport. So in baseball, when you're just bringing pitcher after pitcher after pitcher, now to their credit, they performed well, only surrendered one run. Chad Green comes in, and I believe it was the 10th inning. He surrendered a run. The Yankees tied it on a stand single. But it just felt like one of those games coming off of a high last night where Gallo hits the home run. The Yankees just opportunity just, you know, passes them by each time. And as Brian pointed out, Abreu comes into the game. You're thinking, oh, Lord. Uh, So this is where we are with a chance to win this game. We've got this guy in who's pitching to about a 5-6 ERA. It's just it didn't look well. But to his credit, got out of the inning unscathed. The Yankees once again have a chance to win the game. Starting the inning with the runner on second base, you now have an opportunity to pick up your 18th win in your last 24 games, continuing to gain ground on the Red Sox and on the A's. Here's Gleyber Torres at the plate with a 1-2 count uh, with the runner on second base. He takes it up and then 2-2. Two and two. As I mentioned, Team USA in the first half winning. So France has Evan Fournier, the, the newest Nick, Evan Fournier. Brian, you're a Knicks fan. How excited are you about that? Evan Fournier, you know, $20 million a year. He's an upgrade over what you had last year. I couldn't go oh, too gosh. crazy about it. <laughs> I just because... saw Frank Nielakin on my screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frank Nielakin, how, how's he doing these days? Oh, I have no idea. A Phil, a Phil Jackson delight. So Isn't that, Fournier... it, and it's weird how you mentioned Evan Fra- Fournier, and he just got subbed in for Frank Nielakin. That's, <laughs> that's so Fournier, I, like, I have a lot of Nick fans who are friends that I hang out with. And they're just like super excited. And I said, well, yeah, that's right. Because I remember the weeks we spent leading up to free agency, you telling me how badly you wanted Evan Fournier on your team. So now all of a sudden you get him and, and you're, you're, you're thrilled with it. You feel good about this move, Brian? Uh, I don't know. Because I don't know. Like, can he handle the pressure with the Knicks? You know, can I know he's a better shooter. I know that. But I don't know what to expect from him because I feel like when players go to the Knicks, it, it just changes their mentality. Yeah. They're not the same type of player. So I have no idea what to expect from him. Like, he's playing great for the Olympics, but can I see that with the Knicks? Is he going to be the he, same? Is he a difference maker? Like, is this the guy? So when you also have to judge it, um, you juxtapose it with what is happening elsewhere in your conference. So the Bucks returning pretty much the same team. Uh, they bring in... Um, what's his name? George Hill upgrading over uh, Jeff Teague. They lose P.J. Tucker, but they just won the championship. And they've got who some people are calling the best player in the NBA, Giannis. Oh, Higashioka almost is that foul with a chance to to win the game? Hit a foul. Um, so Higashioka got into one, but it, it landed foul. So first and second right now for the Yankees. Oh, one count coming to Higgy. And just one away, chance to win the game. But uh, as I mentioned, so the, the so the Bucks have Giannis. You know he he's playing like he's the best player on the planet. I I still think he's he's third behind LeBron and KD. But others others would argue he's number one. Regardless of the matter, the Bucks. You've got the Nets. You've got the Sixers, who were the one seed last year, and now you have Miami adding Lowry. You've got Oladipo now. You know he was with them last year. He resigns to that group that was very disappointing. You expect them to be better. The Bulls have upgraded, you know, adding Lonzo, adding a couple of pieces. The Bulls look good. Yeah, uh, they've, they've had a the DeMar DeRozan thing. I don't quite understand, but obviously he's a talented player. So you get DeRozan with um, Lonzo, with Levine, with Vucevic. So that should be, on paper, a, a pretty good team. So now you have to look at the Knicks. Where do they stack up against those guys? I haven't even mentioned the team they lost to in the playoffs in the Atlanta Hawks, losing to five games. Trey Young clearly on a superstar trajectory uh, as he continues to ascend as one of the, the best, uh, you know, bright young players here in the league. 
So you start to count the playoff spots, and you get to what five teams I've already counted that on paper should be better than the Knicks. Who knows what's going to happen with Boston as they continue to improve? Uh, the Wizards just lost Westbrook. Are they going to get better? I'm not sure about that. But now that bottom of the bunch with the Hornets and the Pacers, the Raptors losing Lowry, uh, they're probably going to take a step back. But again, anytime you have these moves, you have to judge it up against what the other teams in your conference did. The Knicks clearly upgraded. We just don't know if it's going to be enough to get them past where they were last year. And you will hear the fans say, well, as long as we make the playoffs, you know, we're moving in the right direction. We're building through the draft, all of the, the cliches. But you're going to get to a point where now you need to see some tangible results. Team USA going into the halftime, up by five over France here in the gold medal game. Uh, Durant has been sensational in the first half. He continues to carry this team. He just got paid today, a four-year extension uh, uh, with with the Nets there as, as they try to, to win a championship next year, coming off of what was an injury-riddled season for all of the guys. Durant only played 35 games this year in the regular season. He, now, he was incredible in the playoffs, almost did it by himself, would have been game-changing for his legacy if he was able to get past the Bucks and win the championship, but ultimately they were not able to get it done. Uh, so I just felt like it was a solid week for the next. Speaking of solid week, Jacob, if you could pop on. So Tuesday night, um, New York City experienced what I thought was just an incredible night. You had the locks going up against Dipset and the versus at the Garden. Um, I believe I saw Taj Gibson was in the crowd. I think I saw Mello in the crowd. I know ASAP Ferg was there. I heard someone told me Kimball Walker was there. Did you watch the versus battle? Because we've been bumping a lot of Jada tonight. Yeah, so. And I told you before the show, I, I was just in that mood, man. That, that that just put me in the mood, so I had to hear some Jada tonight. Yeah, so since Tuesday night, I've been on and off listening to Jada, Dipset. You know, even before then, like, prepping for the show. You know, as a Harlem kid, I went for Dipset and... I should already knew don't bet against Jada in the locks, you know. I thought it would be a lot closer, man. Definitely I really thought did. it would be a lot closer. It was a wash, and I think part of it was you could tell the locks came in prepared. Like, they rehearsed. They took this seriously. Dipset came in, like, that team that just comes to the park, just rolled the ball out there. We're not going to practice, do a layup line. We're just going to expect to win. They played too they cool got for school. Yeah, too they got cool. washed. And now you got Joel. I mean, Joel's not remembering his lines. I mean, what was going on there? You're, you're reciting lyrics you can't remember. And Jada's just going bar for bar. He remembers all of his lyrics. I think so. what, what made it even better, the fact that it was at MSG, you know, you had so many great sports moments at MSG. Exactly. So something like that for, the, for a guy who loves basketball, like Jada Kiss, is great. The mecca of basketball, the mecca of, you know, hip-hop, New York City. So I just I wanted to bring that up. It was, it was just a great moment this week. And I actually tweeted uh, a couple of days ago, you know, jokingly, uh, when the news came down that, that Woj reported, you know, four-time All-Star Kimball Walker agreed to a contract buyout with OKC. And upon clearing waivers, he was joining the Knicks. I said, I love it. And it just goes to show you that Kimbo wants the verses the night before with the locks and dipset and decided it was time to pull up to New York City because we got things brewing here in New York City. Uh, speaking of which, in the Bronx right now, Brett Gardner at the plate on a 1-2 count. He just took a ball. So he's got a chance to win the game. It feels like I just keep saying, oh, this guy has a chance to. Yankees, multiple opportunities to win the game tonight. Multiple chances. This would be a frustrating loss. And I get they've played well as of late. Um, so you don't want to you know, get too down on them if they do blow this game. But to be down one nothing, uh, and to get the big hit, to, to, to have the 2-1 deficit and stand and get the big hit, here's an opportunity to put this game away, to, to draw closer in the division, and it looks like it's going to get done. Brett Gardner single up the middle. The runner comes home to the plate. The Yankees walk off one in the Bronx, and there we have it. There you go. And I wonder if Rob in Massachusetts, <laughs> well, about 20 minutes ago, called this. And I love Rob. Rob's a, you know, is a fantastic caller, always shows love. So I'm, I'm, you know, poking fun at him. But he's ripping Cashman, you know, for the Brett Gardner love. Now, this is not going to erase what's been, for the most part, a, a miserable season for Gardner, but a big hit. 
uh, for a guy who desperately needed it. Desperately needed this hit. And the Yankees, every single win is important. When you get into the All-Star break and you're trailing eight games in your division, three games in a wild card, you got to come out on fire, and that's what they've done. Brett Gardner, game-winning RBI single, played to run in, what was that, the 12th inning for the New York Yankees as they, they beat the Mariners for the second straight night. Last night, it was courtesy of a, a Joey Gallo three-run shot in the bottom of the seventh inning. And tonight, in the bottom of the 11th inning, Brett Gardner, RBI single, wins the game for the New York Yankees. And just like that, this team continues to be hot. They now improve to 11 games over 500, so 60-49 and 49 on the season. And, you know, they've lost Cole, Cole to, to COVID. They've lost Sanchez to COVID. Judge coming back from COVID. They've had some, some COVID issues, injuries as well. But this team is, is starting to rally around its guys with the additions of Rizzo and Gallo serving as that infusion to a lineup that desperately needed it, especially offensively. It's coming together. And for this team to get a win, it's like the, the bullpen feels like you're punting on games. I know the team isn't doing that. You never punt on games, especially when you're in, in August and, and you, you desperately need to win these. But that just feels like a punt situation. So for your bullpen to give you 11, th- 11 innings of two-run ball and your offense that struggled all night, of all the guys to get it done, it wasn't Rizzo, it wasn't Gallo, it wasn't Torres, who all had opportunities to, to, to get runs home. It wasn't Judge. It was Brett Gardner, a guy who has been much maligned all season long because he struggled, he should be out of the lineup, why is he still there, what's their obsession with him? And what today, because every day is going to be the biggest game of the season for the Yankees. When, when you're in playoff mode already in August, every single day becomes, here's the biggest game of the season. Especially when you're, you're playing a, a team like the Mariners. So in the biggest game of the season to date, who gets to hit? It's Brett Gardner. Sends the fans home happy. So if you're leaving Yankee Stadium right now, call us up, 800-919-3776. We want to react to what was an exciting victory for the second straight night. Gallo last night with the three-run shot. You had some, some trouble there in the ninth inning for Chapman, but he was able to elude the, the, the damage there. Uh, the Yankees get the win last night, and tonight they battle back from a one nothing deficit, a 2-1 deficit. En route to winning this game. Brett Gardner, the hero. So we want to get reaction from you leaving the Bronx, leaving the stadium, as the Yankees take the first two games of a four-game set heading into this weekend against the Mariners. And the pitch. Line to base hit to center field. Here comes Gallo. He'll round third. Here's the throw. Here's the play. Yankees win 3-2. to two. Brett Gardner, the longest-tenured Yankee. He walks it off, and the Yankees win it in 11-3-2. That call courtesy of the Yes Network. Shout-out to our guy, Michael K. As the Yankees... For the second straight night, give us some heroics. Last night, it was Joey Gallo in the seventh inning. Tonight, it was Brett Garner, a guy who deserved it. And if this is, in all likelihood, uh, his last season, this was the kind of moment you just love and appreciate. And, and you're just overcome by happiness, not just for the team. Of course, it's important because you got to win games, uh, particularly where you are in the standings. But for a guy like Gardner... You know, there's there's been a lot of criticism of him this year, and, and rightfully so. He struggled. He's he's an older player, so of course there's going to be some, you know, some separation from what he was before versus who he is now. But the Yankees not having options out there in the outfield, he him being a diminished version of himself tonight, having an opportunity to win the game earlier, I believe it was the ninth inning. He didn't get it done, but then he comes through in the eleventh inning. And the Yankees get the walk-off victory against the Mariners by a final score of 3-2. How is this for a stat? This year, the Yankees in games decided by one or two runs, 38 wins. Here's a list of teams with more wins in games decided by one or two runs. Oh, there's no list. The Yankees are top. 38 wins, the most in baseball, in games decided by one or two runs. So they now improve to 
60 and 49 on the season. You look at the standings. They're a game back of the A's, and I believe the A's are in action. So the A's right now, they're a game back of the A's who are tied uh, in the top of the seventh inning with the Texas, and the Rangers are a bad team. So we're rooting for you know a, a, a pretty awful team to win tonight if you're a Yankee fan. The Rangers now tied 1-1 with the A's in the top of the seventh, that game taking place in Oakland. So if the A's you know somehow lose this game, the Yankees would be tied for the second wild card spot in that American League, which would just be, I mean, <laughs> that would be incredible when you consider what the turnaround has been. A couple weeks ago, Cashman, Boone, got to go. Now, not just the A's, but for the first wild card spot, they're just two games behind the Red Sox. The Red Sox who lost again tonight. And the Red Sox have been in a free fall. Boston losing... 12-4 to to Toronto. So now just two games up on the Yankees in the loss column for that first wild card spot. And it was actually like, I saw this like, simu- I heard Anita talking about it earlier on New York Post. It was like a simulator that someone did um, just going through the rest of the season. Had the Yankees winning the, the, the first wild card. The Red Sox completely missing the playoffs. Could you imagine that? The, the, the lead they had in that division to just fall out and miss the playoffs altogether. What a disappointment that would be. Couldn't happen to a, a better organization. But uh, for the Yankees, I mean, it's exciting because for me, anytime I come into a game with this bullpen situation, which I can't stand, I understand why teams do it. I, I, just, I, I just can't stand it. You say, look, you get 11 innings from your bullpen, no one threw more than one inning. And, I mean, I'm sorry, no one threw two innings. Guys threw more than one inning, but no one threw two innings. And you only get two runs on the board for the Mariners. That's a win. Your offense only mustered six hits tonight, but the biggest hit of the night comes from Brett Gardner, and the Yankees win the game. And the Yankees win the game. So tomorrow, you've got... um. You've got Seattle again. That's a 1 o'clock start. Uh, Heaney's going to take the mound for the Yankees. Wrap it up with Seattle. And then after Sunday, you go to Kansas City for three. And then you've got Chicago for three. And Chicago's a, a really good team. That's That simulator actually had the White I believe they had the White Sox winning the World Series. Uh, that That's a phenomenal baseball team out there, um, what they've been able to do. But the Yankees climbing to uh, the, the division race <laughs> – it's not over. It, it, it's not over. I know I know we're we're looking at the wild card right now, but in in that division race just 5 games behind the Rays and as I mentioned, you end the season with 3 games against the Rays at Yankee Stadium. Friday, October 1st, Saturday, October 2nd, Sunday, October 3rd, Yankees Rays. That could mean something. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because we've seen this team take you know, seven steps forward, ultimately to be followed by 12 steps backwards. But since July 6, 18 and 6 are the New York Yankees. No team's been better in all of baseball. The pitching has, has been great. The offense is, is coming, you know, you know, tonight notwithstanding. Countless opportunities to win the game, but you did get the big hits from Stanton and, and Gardner. It's it's starting to come together for the New York Yankees, so all hope is is not lost. And then you you start to look you start to look forward. Can they beat? They get to the playoffs. Can they beat Tampa? Can they beat Boston? Can they beat Houston? Can they beat Chicago? Now that's all predicated on Garrett Cole being the pitcher he's supposed to be. Three hundred and twenty-four million dollars worth over nine years. Being that guy we saw against Houston and that guy we saw against the the shortened game against the Red Sox that they won, and not the one that we saw against the Tampa Bay Rays in this last time where where the Yankees, you know, finished that game fourteen nothing on the wrong end of that. So here's an opportunity here. I'm I'm starting to 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 get more optimistic. I still have the tweet pinned to my account that on April fourteenth. No, you know, the Yankees, I don't care what happened, they were winning the World Series, lost some faith because they were just playing bad baseball, couldn't run the bases well. It, defensively, they were a mess. Offensively, couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. 
But it's like that's just completely flipped. This is not the same baseball team we saw in June. And you give a lot of credit to Rizzo and um, Gallo. But Judge, he's had he's had a monster season. Glaber Torres has, has been playing a lot better lately. LeMayhew. Chapman has converted his last, what, seven save opportunities. The bullpen's coming together. They keep getting hit. The team keeps getting hit with COVID. So that's going to continue to be a concern. Tonight, the most pitchers the Yankees used in a non-September game in team history. Jacob, did you say we had uh, Gardner talking to um, to Meriden? All right, let's hear from Brett Gardner, who was the hero of tonight's game. The Yankees win 3-2. to two. Here is Brett Gardner talking to Meredith Morakovic. Curry this year, the Yes number. Thanks, Michael. Brett, you had the opportunity to be a hero there in the 11th and came through. Just take me through that at-bat and your approach. Um, I think he threw me all fastballs. I mean, um, you know, obviously had three at-bats and saw a bunch of pitches all three at-bats and had a chance there, and I think the ninth ended and um, didn't come through, but there in the end, um, just got a good pitch that I could handle. That's your ninth career walk-off as a Yankee. Do you remember them all, and just how special is it to do it here? Uh, it's been a little while. It's obviously, it's been a little bit of a rough season for myself, but, uh, you know, moments like this is, is what it's all about. So we've got the best fans in the world, playoff kind of atmosphere, and just um, fortunate to come through in a big spot. This team continues to roll. What's been the biggest difference for this team? Well, we've been playing good baseball, I feel like, for over a month, and obviously the trade deadline, we... Uh, you know, some big acquisitions, Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo, obviously fans um, very, very excited about that. And, and guys have just clicked and we're pitching good and um, we're pitching good enough to win. So nights like tonight, um, you know, trying to scratch and claw runs and just able to come through. Hey, you mentioned the pitch and Aaron Boone used nine pitchers tonight. What can you say about the effort of the staff as a whole? Yeah, every, everybody just great, obviously pitching in a little bit different, a um, little bit different role. You know, some relievers coming in early in the game and. Everybody just doing their job top to bottom and giving us a chance to come through there in the end. And when you've got a, a bullpen game, you're, you're banking on nine straight. The Yankees ended up using nine pitch. You're banking on nine straight pitchers having it. Nine straight pitchers having it, and the probability of that, of that is small. Fortunately for them, they were able to get it done. The Mariners only pushed across two runs tonight. But, you know, the Yankees trailing one nothing in the eighth inning. Judge comes to the plate. Bases loaded, nobody out. We're expecting to blow this thing open. They get one run, sacrifice, fly. Mariners take the lead in the 10th inning. Stanton, he comes to the plate. I don't know that there were too many Yankee fans optimistic. I know he's been he's been playing very well uh, as of late, but I don't know that there are too many fans out there who felt like he was going to get it done. He drops a single into right center, ties the game. And then Brett Gardner, as he alluded to during his, his interview with Meredith there, was at the plate in the ninth inning with a chance to win the game. Runners on first and second with two outs, 3-2 pitch, swings at ball four, and flies out to right field. So to have the opportunity for this guy to do that again in a season that he just mentioned, you know, he, he hasn't been great. And he doesn't have to just look at the numbers or, or you know, be at the plate to, to understand that. He hears it from the fans. Like anytime you hear athletes say they don't listen to the media, they're they're not telling the truth. Coaches that they they all listen to the noise. Brett Gardner has heard it all season long. He's washed. Why is he still on the team? You're taking him bats away from other players. We even had the call to Rob in Massachusetts earlier. And I, again, I want to reiterate, I'm not picking on him. He he, it was just a perfect point to make now because. Yes, the criticism of Gardner. Let's not pretend it's it's unwarranted and and it's unfair. I mean, you love him as a player for what he's meant to the organization. He's the, the lone remaining uh, piece to that championship team all those many years ago, 2009. It was, feels like a long time ago. I sound like a spoiled Yankee fan. But, you know, he hasn't been great this year. And we're, we're about the now. Like, we appreciate the resume. We understand what's on the resume. But what have you done for me lately? And for that, this year, Gartner, lately, just... <laughs> He's, he's not been good. Not been good. So, you know, this season, for our guy Gardy, just 
is has been a disappointment. And you know, hitting 197 with four home runs. This is a guy that you know, that's not. You know, let's not pretend that we didn't want him back. We did want him back. We we thought he if he Gardner's the type of player that you feel like whenever the Yankees win their next championship, whenever that is, he deserves to be on the roster. He won it with them in '09. He battled through you know some rough seasons, but he he's been a force for them on defense and on offense, he deserves to be a part of that championship group. I felt the same way with CeCe. I felt that way with Patances. There are certain guys who you feel like just earned it. And this is the type of guy. So for him to have this moment, this walk-off, Merida, I think he said, she said it was nine for him in his career with the Yankees. To have this moment at the stadium, I mean, it's just awesome to see. What a night. For Gardner, what a night for the Yankees. That's a big win. They are now plus 11 uh, as, five as, as far as the 500 mark on the season. Just one game back of the A's who are playing tonight, 1-1 Texas and Oakland in the bottom of the seventh inning. So we're going to keep our eyes on that one. There is a chance that we wake up tomorrow and the Yankees are tied for the second place in the wild card. What a story it's been so far. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.